Today's shear begins five lines before the wide lines on Daf Chof Gimel, the last five narrow lines of the Gemara, or if you prefer, 24 lines from the top of the page. In effect, we're continuing with the topic that we discussed in our previous year, where we're analyzing uh, what happens with a woman where two witnesses indicate that she has a married status and two witnesses indicate otherwise. We were dealing with a uh, Mishnah on Daf Chof Beis Omid Aleph, which concluded with the statement, V'im Mishinises Bo Eidim Hare Zu Lo Teitzei. So if you have Chof Beis available, by all means take a look at that Mishnah. And on the side of today's Gemara, here on Daf Chof Gimel, we have written, as far as the say the topic heading on the side, Shnei Deois, two opinions, Alma Koi Mishpura Achron Shela Mishpura Daf Chof Beis Omer Aleph, Be'inyin Edim Shibo Achrei Shenosnu Lo Heter, Al Smach Pesh Osar Hua Pesh Hitter. In that Mishnah, we spoke about a, a woman who opened up uh, her claim with a restrictive type remark and then concluded saying that she is not restricted anymore. In the Mishnah, reference was made to the, if there were the uh, if there were, if Adam were present if witnesses could testify regarding that, that restrictive information, the woman would no longer be believed. But, if she married and then the witnesses came, she doesn't have to leave the second husband. So, what is that closing statement of the Mishnah referring to? Is it referring to the Aishas Ishhoisi opening part of the Mishnah? Or is it referring to the Nishbesi, where she says she had been taken captive? Let us now continue with our Gemara, uh, hope, hoping, of course, that you're familiar with our p- previous year, thereby uh, saving time from having to, uh, let's say, go over the entire sugya. So now we continue in the Gemara. bo zu lo If, after she married a second husband, the witnesses came, so she doesn't have to leave the second husband. Rabbi Masni Law Aresha. Rabbi refers the closing statement of the Mishnah to the case of the woman who had said, Aishas Ish Hoisi, the, um, I had been, that she said, I had been a married woman, the Grushani, but I was divorced. If, upon, if based on that, she went ahead and married a second man, and then witnesses came informing us of her having, of her having been married, so regarding that, Rav Oshaya says, she doesn't have to leave the second husband. Rabo bar Ovin Masni Lo Asefa. He refers the closing phrase of the mission to the Seifa, where the woman had said, I was taken captive, but remained untouched by the Gentile captors. We saw in the Mishnah that she can marry a second husband. 
However, what happens if after she married the second husband, witnesses came telling us that she had been taken captive? So, according to Rabbo Barovin, the mission is telling us she does not have to leave the second husband, even though now we do have witnesses telling us about her having been taken into captivity. Man de masni lo aresha kol shekain asefa de b'shivuya hekilu. He who teaches this on the resha, namely Ravoshaya, the kula of the Mishnah, which says that even though witnesses show up subsequently, she doesn't have to leave the second husband. Certainly, that leniency will apply to the Seifa. So if you're going to teach it on the Reisha, which dealt with a woman saying, you'll certainly apply it to the case of Nishbesi Avotahorani, and witnesses come later, telling us that she had been taken into captivity, she doesn't have to leave the second husband. And why does the, why is the Gemara so certain about this, that certainly the leniency will apply to the case of Nishbesi. So the Gemara reveals there are uh, there is a, a halachic let's say leniency in general to the topic of captivity. You see the issue of a woman taken into captivity is simply a matter of chashash, suspicion that maybe she had been um, in intimacy with a Gentile, which would uh, render her unfit to marry the kahuna, as we said in our previous shiur. But it's just a matter of chashash, of mere suspicion. It's not a matter of certainty, and therefore we can afford to be mekil and allow her to stay with the second husband. Uman demasni lo asefa, the approach taken by Rabba Bar Oven, who applied the closing phrase of the Mishnah to the shvuya case Avo Areshalo, but he won't uh, apply the leniency in the case of the Resha, where a woman had said, I was once married, but I'm now divorced. She marries a second husband, and then witnesses sh- tell, come, witnesses show up after she remarried, telling us that she had in fact been a married woman. So I'm, I'm not going, the racial case, I'm not going to rely on her. T- Comment of Grusha Ani. Lema b'derav hamnuna komifliki. We have a machlokus right now between Rabbi Shaya and Rabbi Bar Oven. Can we say that their machlokus is one of whether or not to accept Rav Hamnuna's teaching? Rav Hamnuna's teaching was uh, a woman that says to her husband, Gerash Tani. So she is believed. This uh, reference, by the way, to Rav Hamuna is a, uh, a point that we saw in our previous shiur. Uh, you'll notice that um, Rav Hamuna appears on Daf Chof Beis Omid Beis. You can see his uh, sheet appears about uh, eight lines up from the bottom, the second of the wide lines there. And we want to uh, we want to uh, set up this machlokis between Rav Oshaya and Rabbah 
surrounding his teaching, as the Gemara will do in a, uh, immediately. Man deman demasni law aresha. Rav Hoshaya, who taught the phrase of imishinises bo edim lotetse regarding the racial case of her claim that she had been married but she was divorced. He is slayed Rav Hamluna. The fact that we're giving a lot of weight to her comment of Grusha Ani, I am a divorced woman, that's because he holds by Rav Hamluna that a woman who says to her husband, I am, you divorced me, she's believed. Uman de Masni Rabbi Barovin, who taught the Kula of the Mishnah, the leniency of the Mishnah, but only with regard to the Shvuya claim and her remaining Tahora, but would not have taught it regarding the claim she makes of Grusha Ani, less lay the Rav Hamnuna. So he would not hold from Rav Hamnuna that a woman who says Grusha Ani, Gerashtani, a woman who says to her husband, you divorced me, that she would be believed. Lo, this analysis is rejected. The Kuli Alma Islu the Rav Hamnuna, both Rabo Bar Oven and Rav Oshaya accept Rav Hamnuna, that a woman who says to her husband, you divorce me, she's believed. The hocha and the machlokis here between Rav Oshaya and Rabbo Bar Ovin is as follows. The more sovar, the uh, approach taken by Rabbo Bar Ovin who taught the kula of the mission on the seifa, ki itmar de Rav Hamnuna, Befonov. Rav Hamnuna's statement that a woman is believed, that's when she's speaking directly to her husband. In other words, unless she knew for sure, unless she was certain in her claim, she wouldn't have the gall and audacity to say to her husband, you divorce me, if, if that wasn't the absolute case. That's when it comes to Befonov. So that when she says it to his face, she must be telling the absolute truth. Apple Shalom fun of Misa, but in our situation, where a woman's coming on her own telling us, I was married, but I have since been divorced, she would say, I was divorced, even though that might not be the absolute truth. Therefore, if witnesses were to come to tell us that she had been a married woman, we will tell her to leave the second husband. Umosavar, the approach taken by Rav Hoshaya, who applied it to the Reisha, holds Shalobafon of Nami Enomeiza, even not in the presence of her husband. A woman, woman would not have the nerve to say she was divorced if she was anything other than, in fact, divorced. So therefore, her statement of Grushani is given a lot of weight. We're going over that same phrase um, in the, from the Mishnah of Bezomit Bez. And we're now going to give a new twist to it, as we, we uh, alluded to in our previous year, that and when we were reading the Mishnah on Daf Chof Bezomit Aleph, we indicated at the time we were merely translating it, but not giving it the full Hezber, the full explanation as the Gemara does now. Omar Avua de Shmuel. Lo nises nises mamish. 
when the Mishnah says that imishabo edim niseis, or excuse me, correction, the imishaniseis bo edim. The Mishnah on the superficial translation will be that if after she married the second husband, the witnesses came that she was originally uh, in a uh, that she was originally married or originally that she had been taken captive. That word imishaniseis, if after she married the witnesses came, Avodishmol tells us it doesn't mean she actually married someone else. Lo niseis niseis mamish elo. Once the court gave her permission to remarry, even though she didn't actually remarry, she is allowed to remarry. She doesn't lose the license, the heter, that the court granted her because of her original comment, which was a Pesha Osar, Pesha Hitir comment. So once they give her permission to remarry, that's enough. Even if witnesses come later bearing that the original restrictive information, that wouldn't restrict her chance to remarry. The Gemara questions this though. The language of the Mishnah was that she already had remarried in, in, in actuality. Not just the receiving license. Because the Mishnah says that if if after she um, remarried, witnesses come, then we say, lo say She doesn't have to leave the second husband, indicating that she actually remarried. The Gemara answers, that's not how to understand things, though. Lo say means, meheteiro harishon. She doesn't leave the... She doesn't lose the original heter, the original permission that she was granted. Tonu Rabbonon. A woman says, I was taken captive, I remained untouched, and I have witnesses to that effect. We don't say, let's wait until those witnesses show up. We give her permission to marry immediately. We, give her, we immediately give her permission to remarry. They gave her, let's say, they gave her permission to remarry, and then the witnesses came and said, "Lo yadano, we don't, we didn't know, we don't know that uh, that she is tahora." She doesn't leave. In other words, she got permission to remarry. Uh, certainly, if she remarried, she doesn't have to leave the second husband. Even though we have a situation where she claimed the witnesses could testify to back up her claim that she remained uh, pure, and uh, they say uh, we don't know, that doesn't affect her ability to be with her second husband. If witnesses come that say we saw her in intimacy with the captors, afilu geish lo kama bonim. Tate say even if she has a number of children from this uh, Kohen that she re- that she remarried, she must leave him. Now we have a story. Uh, we have a long marking a Misa an incident on the side of the Gemara. We introduce this section under the Nosei heading 
Benos Mar Shmuel, the daughters of Shmuel Shenukahu Beshevi, that were taken into captivity. And we'll see in this story how they uh, achieved a heter to marry even a Kohen based on the Pesha Osar Pesha Hitir method of claiming. Hani Shvuyasa, the Asyon Linaharta. Once upon a time, there were captive women that were brought to Naharda for the purpose the captors wanted ransom money for their release. So they were brought to Naharda in uh, the attempts of the captors to get money for their release. The father of Shmuel set up guards, people to watch the girls, to watch them, to make sure that there was no uh, promiscuity taking place between them and the Gentile captors. Amar Shmuel, the Shmuel, the son of Avu Shmuel, says, says to his father, and up till now, when they were traveling from place to place uh, under the control of their captors, who was watching them? In other words, uh, they've already become defiled uh, uh, based on their having been taken into captivity. Uh, what's, the, what's the point of setting up uh, guards now? Omar Le, so the father, Avod Shmuel, says to Shmuel, If they were your daughters, would you be as, would you be a, uh, would you have been so uh, so uh, let's say uh, loose with regard to their care? Would you have taken things so lightly? In other words, you would you if it were your daughters, you would have been interested in any form of guarding that <coughs> that could be that could be imposed. Havoi kishkogosh yotzmifnei asholet veishtabion binsei demar Shmuel veaskinu laarad Israel. The fact that Avud <coughs> Shmuel said spoke the way he did. This is something, by the way, we try to avoid by uh, when 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 saying something negative or uh, describing a negative situation. You don't impose it or describe it on the person to whom you're speaking. But that's what he did. He said, if it were your daughters taken into captivity, so it slipped out, and in, and as a result, that's actually what happened. And that's what this, the Pusset that's quoted here, uh, uh, conveys that idea. Without, a, a, without providing a literal translation, but that's what it means, that uh, the things that, 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 that a person says, even by the we'll call the slip of the tongue, the um, thing can come to be true. So that's what happened. And daughters of Shmuel, just like his father said, the Shmuel's daughters were taken into captivity, and they were brought to Israel. The captors brought them to Israel. Ukman the Shivuyainu Meavroi, the 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 daughters of Shmuel. Uh, seem to have been able to convince the captors who were to to wait outside. In other words, just if you want to imagine, the captors had uh, surrounded a uh, a building with these girls, and the building happened to be the base medrash. And the girls said, "Listen, can you can you wait outside?" The Aili the Bay Medrasha the Rebbe Chanina and the girls, the daughters of Shmuel, went up 
into the base medrash of Rabbi Hanina. Now, Rabbi Hanina didn't know what was going on outside. <clears throat> These girls walk into the base medrash. Ha'amra nishbeisu torani. Ha'amra nishbeisu torani. Each girl says, pro, uh, announces, "I've been taken captive, but nothing has happened to me." Sharinu. So he allowed them. Said, "You're kosher to marrying a kohen." You're telling us it's, you are the source of our of now of knowing that there might be a problem, namely that you've been taken captive by Gentiles, which would be a problem for a girl to marry eventually a kohen. But at the same time, you're also telling us that nothing has happened to you. So just like we would believe you regarding your having been taken into captivity, peshosar, peshihitir, we accept your word that nothing has happened to you. Soif el asu shavuyainu. And then the uh, eventually the captors went up into the base medrash, and now the Rabbi Hanina becomes aware of their having been taken into captivity simply by the presence of the captors. With with now at, with this information, I don't need to have heard from the girls that they were taken into captivity. This is very similar to what we learned in the Mishnah that. Uh, you had a, an initial peshoser peshiyatir claim, and then witnesses show up with the restrictive type information. Ama Rabbi Chanina benon demorioninun. Rabbi Chanina understood that these are daughters of a scholar. Igloi milsa debinsi demor Shmuel having it became revealed that they were the daughters of no less than Shmuel, the great Amora Shmuel. Omar Lei Rabbi Hanina, the Rav Shaman Barabba, Rabbi Hanina, turned to Rav Shaman, who was a Kohen. Pok itbil bekrovosecha. Go, without a literal translation of this phrase, what Rabbi Hanina is saying, go and marry one of them, one of these girls. Omar Lei the Rabbi Hanina. So Rav Shaman says to Rabbi Hanina, Vuhiko Eide Bebnesayam. Are there not witnesses abroad? that could testify that they had been taken into captivity. So Rav Hanina says, Hashtomias, let's new come on. Well, they're not over here. They're, those witnesses are not over here. Just because they're witnesses out there in the north, uh, that should be a reason for restricting them. The witnesses are not here. Uh, if you marry them, so you have a situation of uh, of getting married, and then the witnesses might show up later on, and we know that you could stay married to them. The Gemara asks, "Taimo dolo asu edim." The reason that Rabbi Chanina is willing to be lenient here and allow Rav Shaman and suggest to Rav Shaman marry one of them is because those witnesses from abroad have not come. Ha asu edim. If the witnesses would come, mitzra, that it, this this implies that only because they did not come, that they, they exist out there, but they didn't come to us to tell us about the girls having been taken into captivity. But had they come, the girls would be forbidden. Ah, the Omar and note we have this from before. There are arrows you can use to navigate and find this from above. A quote from above. Did, is it not so that Avuah Dishmuel said, Kevon Shitiro Linosei, Afapi Shalom Niseis? 
that once the girls get a heter to remarry, that's enough, even if they didn't actually remarry. Once they get the heter, the fact that witnesses might show up uh, later on has no bearing on their heter. So what is, uh, what is uh, Rabbi Hanina implying by saying that, well, they, the witnesses haven't, shown, haven't sh- uh, shown up? Indicating that if they would show up, even though the girls received the heter already, those witnesses could alter the situation. But according to Avur Dishnur from before, once she receives a heter, the, witness, the appearance of the witnesses would not alter the situation. Omar Ravashi, Ede Tuma Itmar. The Edim in question over here in this story with Rav Hanino and Rav Shaman, the witnesses that might come uh, and show up and ruin the Heter, those are witnesses that would testify about actual intimacy. Oh, witnesses that testify about actual intimacy. This we saw uh, also in, a, in the Tanaic source above that even after she. Uh, would uh, get married, and certainly after she received merely a heter to get married, that she would she would be rendered forbidden uh, to the uh, second husband. We continue uh, with the new Mishnah on Amid Beis. We turn to Amid Beis, the Mishnah. Before we read the Mishnah, we glance at the side where we have a topic heading, the Nosei. We'll see a situation of a woman testifying about herself and about uh, her friend in the context of women taken into captivity. The Mishnah. Two women taken into captivity and Rashi adds there are witnesses that they had been taken into captivity. So, we're not dealing with a straightforward case of Peshos or Peshiyitir, but here we have that element, as we'll see shortly in the mission, but there are also witnesses present that there, uh, there exist witnesses that they had been taken into captivity. So, two witnesses, two women, two Shtei Noshim Shinishbu, Zosomeres Nishvesi Utorani, each woman says, I have been taken into captive, but I remained uh, untouched by the captors. And of course, as we've seen already, this testimony is in the hope, or this comment is in the hope of her being allowed to marry a Kohen. So each woman says about herself, yeah, well, I was taken into captivity, but I remained uh, untouched the Mishnah says they're not believed and why are they not believed? as we said because it's not a Pesha Osar Pesha Hitir as Rashi added there are witnesses that they have been taken into captivity so it's not as if the women are making problems for themselves which would thereby give credence to their undoing of the problem the problem is established in this case the problem being taken into captivity is established by witnesses so for a woman simply to claim tahorani they're not believed person isn't believed on himself to uh, to create uh, a situation of leniency in this case the heter the permission to marry a kohen 
However, if each woman testifies uh, about her friend, they do have believability. Rashi points out, When it comes to matters of captivity, which is a, an issue of mere suspicion, unless, as we saw on Ahmed Aleph, a case of witnesses that say they saw the actual intimacy, the mere information that they've been taken into captivity creates suspicion, but it doesn't create a sense of certainty. It does create uh, the, a restriction regarding the kahuna, but there are situations where the woman's claim of tahora is believed. And in this case, where she testifies about her friend, that her friend is tahora, even though there are witnesses that the friend was taken into captivity, her, her testimony concerning the friend has the status of an eid echad. Uh, and in this case, just like we saw in our previous discussion we spoke about the previous uh, year we discussed a single witness that says mace uh, that the husband of a woman died he has the believability as if he were two witnesses in a similar vein witnesses uh, a single witness that says regarding uh, a captive woman that she is tahora is believed let us continue in the Gemara then we should point out in this case, in this Tanaic source, you can see it's numbered all very clearly. There are four cases. And following this Tanaic source, you'll see diamonds. And the diamonds quote from various sections of this source, starting from two and continuing to sections three and four, as the three diamonds indicate. So first we read a source and the explanation will follow. It's a woman who says, I was defiled. And we're talking, of course, in the context of women that had been taken into captivity. She says, I have been defiled, but my friend remained untouched. She is believed. It's a woman who says about herself, I am undefiled. My friend has been defiled. She's not believed. Ani v'chaveirosi temea. I and my friend have been defiled. Nemenes al atzma. She's believed regarding herself. V'eino nemenes al chaverta. But she's not believed regarding her, the information she says about her friend. Ani v'chaveirosi tahora. I and my friend remain undefiled. She is believed regarding her friend, but not regarding herself. As we go on in the Gemara, we have a long question. These are quotes from the Brisa in order to figure out is the, the uh, Brisa and its consistency in terms of the circumstances behind this source, which we didn't really uh, say, we indicated that we're dealing with the general topic of women taken into captivity, but what are the circumstances? Are there witnesses that they had been taken into captivity or not? 
So now we continue with the Gemara. The, the essence of this long question is that after we go through the analysis of the source, we're going to see, and if you want to take advantage of our marking system, you can see the wonders of markings, just note the dashed underlining that you see that, uh, fo- that follows the diamonds. So that the first diamond, if you notice about four lines after the first diamond, you can see a dashed underlying expression, the Ika Adem. That means there were witnesses that they had been taken into captivity. If you the second diamond, you just skim down directly under that three more lines, the Leko Adem. Third diamond, Leko meaning there are no witnesses. The third diamond, again, this dashed underlying three lines later, the Ika Adem, there were witnesses. So we have a source. The opening of the source and the closing of the source indicate that there were witnesses. In the middle of the source, there were no witnesses. That's a Tanaic source, which um, is characterized by a, a certain level of inconsistency. Is that the case? That is our question. Should we keep things as is? Abaye will tell us, and you can see his name is underlined, he's Aleph. Yep, that's the way it is. And Rav Papa, though, he has a different approach. He sets up the entire source as speaking about there were witnesses. However, there's much more to it than that. And when you get to Rav Popa, you'll notice there's a series of diamond of, of triangles where they're and numbered one through four. What Rav Popa does is he explains the four cases in the original source with his unique explanation. So now that the structure has been laid out, we continue with the first diamond, Omar Mar, a quote from the source. We're calling this the Reisha. Technically speaking, it's case number two. It's the, we'll call it the end. The Reisha means the beginning of the source. It's we'll call it the end of the beginning. So it's said there, Ani I remained untouched. My friend was defiled. She is not believed. Hechi domi. What are the circumstances? If there are no witnesses of their having been taken into captivity, why is she not believed regarding herself? She's basically saying, I was taken into captivity, but I remained clean. That's a case of Pesha Osar, Pesha Hitir, and we know that we rely on that kind of claim. Why does the source say she's not believed? El Apshita, the Ika Adim. Well, it's obvious then that there were Adim, there were witnesses about the captivity. Therefore, it's not, she's not giving us the Pesha Osar. And if you don't have a Pesha Osar, if you don't have her making the restrictive if her restrictive comment is really unnecessary, so she can't uh, take advantage or we can't grant her permission based on her word of, of, of cleanness or of leniency. Therefore, regarding herself, she is not believed. When she says, I am Tahora, she's not believed. If we take a look at the Rashi on the first narrow line, Elopshita Dika Edim, Therefore, regarding herself, she's not believed for uh, to uh, claim her her uh, un, her untouched uh, status. 
the Chavir Nami regarding her friend as well, the Anan Amrinon Becheskes we say that once a woman is taken into captivity by Gentiles, we assume that they uh, took it, they took advantage of them. Hahu lav mishum hemusa dahahu. That is not because of our believing her. This woman's statement that her friend was defiled. Even without her testimony, the woman, her friend, is becheskas uh, She's assumed to have been defiled by the Gentile captors. We continue. We state the middle of the source. Ani v'chaverosi temea. I and my friend have been defiled. She's believed regarding herself, but not regarding her friend. If it were so, like we assumed that the source is talking about witnesses that were aware of their captivity, why do you say that regarding her friend, she is not believed? It must be in other words, for us to to uh, maintain the friend's purity, it must be that there's no information, there's no witnesses, there are no witnesses that 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 report about their having been taken into captivity. Regarding herself, so the source says she's believed because of a concept known as shavya lenafsha chaticha disur. She made herself into something prohibited. And that's something that uh, the halacha recognizes as, uh, uh, let's say, we uh, call it reliable, or it's what we call self-imposed restriction, is binding. But the mitziah, the middle section, is obviously talking about a case where there are no edim. Otherwise, the source uh, wouldn't have said that uh, she's not believed regarding her friend. I and my friend are undefiled. We have not been in intimacy with the captors. She is believed regarding her friend, that her friend is Tahora. She's not believed with regard to herself. Well, we just had assumed that the source was talking about a case of no witnesses. So if there are no witnesses of their having been taken into captivity, if there are no witnesses, why is she not believed regarding herself when she says, I am Tahora, I and my friends, so I am Tahora. Is that not a case of Pesha Osar Pesha Hitir? There are no witnesses. It's a clear case of Pesha. So she's making the problems for herself by telling us that they've been taken into captivity and she's therefore believed when she says, I am still Tahora. Why does the source then say she's not believed regarding herself? The reason she's not believed about herself is because there are witnesses. Wow, so what kind of source do we have here? Uh, the the beginning and the end of the source is talking about one circumstance that there were witnesses and the middle of the source is speaking about a different circumstance 
basically that's not desirable when you have a uh, Tanaic source if there are any differences it would spell it out otherwise we usually assume consistency Omar Abaye in Abaye says in this case that is the uh, that is the the reality that the Reisha and Seifa there are witnesses about the captivity and the middle no witnesses Rav Papa Omar Kula Deika Adim. Rapopa is the second answer to uh, make sense of the source above. The whole source is where there were witnesses that there had been captivity. Veika Aid Echod Deka Apich. And there is a single witness that counters, apich means switches around everything that the speaker in the source says. So, as we go on in the Gemara, you notice the triangles. These are Rav Papa's explanations for each one of the cases in the source above. So, we'll introduce what she says and then the double underline highlights the response of the single witness which in effect will be the opposite of what she says. So as you go down the Gemara, you notice the triangles where that introduces what she says and then the single witness's response to what she says. And once again, Rav Papa is telling us that there's a backdrop over here and in the backdrop, there are witnesses that, they, that the uh, girls, the women, had been taken into captivity. We continue now with the first triangle. Omro ani tamea <coughs> we know that there are witnesses that the girls had been taken into captivity. She says, I have been defiled, my friend is undefiled. And bear in mind, what, what, did the, uh, what was the ruling in the source? The ruling in the source was Ne'emenes. If you go back to the upper part of the page, in case one, we saw Ne'emenes. But we have to explain that. So in the meantime... She says about herself, I am Tameo, my friend is Torah, Vyomalo Echod, You are undefiled, but your friend was defiled. In the original ruling we said she is believed. Ihi regarding herself, remember her claim was I I, I am Tameo. It's called self imposed restriction. She makes she makes herself Prohibited, prohibited to the kahuna, with her testimony that I have been defiled. Chaverta, her friend, Mishtarya Apuma Dida. She is uh, allowed. Mishtar means she's granted permission to marry a coin on her testimony, meaning the woman. Who has is uh, as we when we we mentioned before that in the case of captivity the whole issue is a matter of suspicion was there immorality uh, was there um, intimacy on the with the uh, captors or not but here you have the woman testifying that she is that uh, that her friend is Tahora that has the strength if you will of two witnesses. This is the concept of when, and when we give believability to a single witness, 
as we do in the case of information uh, within the context of Shivuya, information of Tahorah, so we grant the woman greater strength than the one witness who says to the contrary. So the friend is, in this case where she says, my friend is Tahorah, she gets um, the friend gets a clean bill of health, permission to marry Kuna based on what the lady said. Next case, Ani Tahorah What did the source say originally in this case? She said the woman is not believed. What is she saying? <coughs> I have not been defiled. My friend has been defiled. The Yomar Lo the Eid Echod switches it around and says, You have been defiled. Your friend is not defiled. Regarding herself, Since there are witnesses about the initial captivity, so she's not believed. She's not believed to... Uh, to uh, undefile her, to create a, 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 a situation of non-defilement. Chaverta, the friend, Mishtaria Apuma uh, the The witness is saying that her friend is Tahora, so he has believability. The, the single witness to say that a woman was not defiled is believed. Ani v'chaverosi tamea. This is the third case. Woman says, "I and my friend were defiled." And in the original source, the ruling had been: she's believed regarding herself, but not regarding her friend. He says just the opposite: you and your friend are undefiled. Well. Regarding herself, as the original source said, she's believed regarding herself. That's because she um, is a she represents a self-imposed restriction, and we accept that. So she, regarding herself, as the original source said, is believed, even though the one witness said to the contrary. Chaverta. Mishtaria Apuma the Aid. The friend, though she said she was Tamea, the one witness said Tahora. And as we've said already, that the one witness who claims Torah in the case of captivity, we are Makil. Question. And here you'll notice we have a dashed underlining scheme that highlights the expression, the question of the Gemara Lamal. You have that here, and you have it again a few lines from now. And on the side, we indicate under the, uh, where you see the dashed underline under our same Ivne heading, Hadgosha Sasheva Hasulamali. We're highlighting this question. Pamayim. We note this twice. The Lafi has Berushra Papa. According to Rav Papa's explanation of the source, Yacholnu Lilmoid Prote HaSeifa, the details in the Seifa cases Mikrim 3 and 4, Meharesha from cases 1 and 2. In other words, where you have a Tanaic source that reveals information that appears to be superfluous, why teach it? And that's what the Gemara's question is now. What we see and what we learned from case 3 we could have figured out from that which was stated before. 
Hence the Gemara asks, Ha su lamali hainu reisha. Reisha, in this case, is a reference from cases 1 and 2. Whatever you see in case 3, namely, you see Shaviso lenafsha chaticho disura. Well, that we saw in case, uh, we saw that above. Uh, we saw that in case 1. And as far as the, uh, in case 3, we see that the friend is, uh, be- we believe the Torah of the, f- we accept the Torah of the friend because of the single witness. That we saw in case 2. The same thing, Chaverta Mishdaya Puma so between cases one and two, I see the concepts of Shavisa Lanafsha Khatiha Disura, and I see Mishaverta Mishtaya Puma What do I need case three for? Mahu the Tema. Regarding case three, I might have thought Hani Travayu Tahoros Ninhu. The two women are actually Tahoros. Now we saw in case three. Uh, the, uh, the the speaker claiming that uh, that she and her friend are Tamea. but uh, I would have thought that actually both are Tahoros. And by the way, that is what the uh, single witness said in case three. So I would have thought that in in what we saw in case three, but we should rule that both women are actually Tahoros. that she said that the woman said I and my friend are Tameos. Uh, in other words, regarding herself, uh, she's making herself a Tamea. It's not because in actuality she's Tamea. She's saying that because of the following psychology. Tomus nafshi implishtimi de ka'avda. This is an expression, without translating the Pusik literally, it's, a, there was a, uh, it's not an uncommon situation where people want to make things bad for their friend. They want to mess up their friends and they'll go so far as to even if it's at their own expense, just to see their friends suffer. That's the, the concept of Tomus Nafshi and Plishtim. The background is, uh, involves the famous judge of the people of Israel, Shimshon, sometimes known as Samson, who at the end of his life, he uh, uh, prayed to God to uh, bring retribution to the Philistines, and uh, he was willing to have the, uh, the, the Philistine temple crash down upon him as just as long as th- that would also kill many of them at the same time. So he was willing to sacrifice himself just to see to it that the enemy got, got destroyed. The, I, that's the idea over here where the woman who's saying, Ani v'chaverti tamea, really, they're both tahoros. This is, again, what I would have thought without the without the source and Rav Papa's teaching, I would have thought both women are actually Tahoros, and all that was happening here is this woman was just trying to mess up her friend and willing to have herself messed up at the same time. The Gemara concludes Komash Malon, that we, we don't say that. And rather, as we just, as we explained before that, that uh, to, regarding herself, fine. She made herself self-imposed restrictions. She makes herself Tamea. But the friend will be Tahora based on the testimony of the single witness. Case 4. Ani v'chaverosi Torah. V'yarmar lo eid echol ad v'chaverosech Tamea. You and your friend have been defiled. 
Regarding herself and her and her claim that uh, I am I and my friend I am Tahoro, she's not believed regarding herself because there are witnesses about the original captivity. You don't have a case of Pesha Osar Peshitir over here. Chaverta Mishtaria Apuma Dida. Her friend is given a clean bill of health, is allowed to is permitted to marry a coin based on the woman's testimony. Her claim that her friend has remained undefiled is believed against the single witness claiming otherwise. The Gemara asks, Hosu Lomali, Hainu Reisha de Reisha. What do I need case for? What do I need it for? In, in this case for, the, uh, the ruling is that uh, she's not believed regarding herself. What did we see in case one? We saw, she's not, in case one, we saw the concept of Shaviso Lenafsha Chati Chodi Sura. So, uh, the, the, the information, uh, I should be, let me you know, just retract uh, just a moment. Uh, the Gemara question, the Gemara's questionnaire of Hosula, what do I need this case for? Hainu Reisha de Reisha, the information in case four that the friend is allowed based on her own, based on the lady's testimony, lady one testifying about her friend, Mrs. Two, the friend being allowed to the kuna based on her, the lady's testimony, that information was seen in case one above. We saw there, it said, Chaverto Mishtaria Apuma Dita. What do I need case four to tell me that for? The Gemara answers, Mahu de Tema. I might have thought, had I had just case one and not case four, I would have thought, Ki Mehemna, when is a woman believed with regard to her friend? Where you make things bad for yourself, where you say on yourself, like we saw in case one, I am Tamea, but my friend is Tahora. So, oh, there we see a very honest type woman. But where she's making it good for herself as well, maybe she's not believed regarding her friend. That's what I need the source to tell me that with regard to her friend, she is believed. It's true in case four, regarding herself, she's not believed because we don't have a Pesha Osir Pesha Hitir situation. But with regard to her friend, she is believed because of the Ne'emonis, the believability we grant to a, uh, a single witness or a, a, a woman that says Tahora in the case of. Uh, issues of captivity. Now, as we go on in the Gemara, we note, uh, first of all, we encounter now a new Mishnah, and on the side, we have a no say klali, a very general heading, and this is designed to introduce the ideas that will be discussed in the Gemara. Ad This is a very, very long uh, general topic. And, uh, the way we phrased it, Malin Liuchsin Legabikuna. It's a topic that deals with establishment uh, or uh, establishing um, purity of lineage, of pedigree, in order to allow 
uh, marriage into the kahuna. Uh, the realm of kahuna is a realm where there are more uh, restrictions than the general population. And in order to establish purity of lineage for the kahuna, the Gemara has to dedicate itself to that topic. It's, we say it's not something that applies to the general uh, public, the standards that we find by the kahuna. We turn now to the Mishnah. V'chein shnei anoshim. Zeomer kayanani v'zeomer kayanani. Two men, each one saying, I am a Kohen. Einon ne'emonim. They're not believed. Uh, and uh, as a result, we're not going to give them truma. Truma is the tithe separated from one's produce and given to a Kohen. Only a Kohen is allowed to eat truma. So their claim, I'm a Kohen, that is not going to be believable in so far as our then giving them truma. And notice the similarity of the structure here to the previous mission. That's why the mission here opens up with Vechain. And similarly, when each one testifies about his friend, in each case, what is happening here? In each case, they're saying, I and him, I and he, uh, we are Kohanim. Ani v'chaveri Kohen. Rabbi Omer, Ein Malin Lukuna Alpi Eid Echad. Rabbi says that based on the testimony of, of one, of a singular witness, we don't raise people to Kahuna status. Rashi adds information that will be of uh, importance later in the Gemara. Rashi says on the second line under the Gemara text, Rabbi Omer, Ein Malin Lukuna Alpi Eid Echad. Even in situations where we don't have to suspect that each one is trying to help the other guy out, an expression you find in, uh, in English is, uh, uh, I'll rub your back if you rub my back. That's the case of Gomlin. Uh, even when you don't have that, and all the more so over here, well, you do have to take that into consideration. Look, I'll testify for you if you testify for me. So Rav Yuda says, we not We don't uh, enable people to gain Kohen status with the testimony of one witness. When there are, when when is it that we do not trust or rely on the testimony of one witness? That's when there are orin, people that are challenging the uh, purity of the individuals. There, Rashi says, "Shikurnal of shame puzzle." They refer, people are referring to the individual as some as someone unfit, hence not a kohen. Rebbe Lozer continues. When there are no challengers, there no one, no one's casting aspersions or um, trying to um, to uh, ruin the individual. When every, when everything is silent, then we allow uh, kahuna status to be gained through the testimony of one. 
Rashi adds, uh, this is provided that there is no issue of gomlin. We continue in the Mishnah. And uh, he says we do enable people to assume kuna status with the testimony of a singular witness. Uh, the question here, and we'll have to deal with this in the Gemara, what's the difference between Rav Shumam Liel and Rav Lozer? Both are saying that Malin Lekuna Al Now before we go on in the Gemara, we have a topic heading and Mivnan structural note where a, a, a trapezoid or volcano shape appears and on the side we indicate that these highlight Mishnayos Shofiu Mitchilsa Perek Mishnayos that have appeared since the beginning of this Perek Shemrubam Be'inyin Pesha Osar most of them deal with the Pesha Osar situation a claim a person makes which introduces uh, opens up with uh, restriction and then an undoing of that as their statement continues HaGemor Mavaras Ma'atzorch Lameit Kol Echo HaGemor will analyze why does each one need to be taught? Vikan Rishimas Amishnais. And here we're going to present in our uh, comment here on the side the list of Mishnahs. On Tesvavum at Bays, we had the case of Moidu Rabbi Yeshua, Sadazu Shelovicha, where a fellow claimed, This field was your father's, but I bought it from him. Again, that's a case of Peshasar, where the, the listener in that case knew nothing about the. Uh, background to the field. Someone comes along and says, you know, this field was your father's, but I bought it from him. On Yud Chesomid Beis, Edim Shomruk Sav Yodenu Huzeh, witnesses that said, yes, this is our, these are our signatures. However, we were minors, or we were under duress, uh, or we were puzzled the Edus. Chof Beis Omid Aleph, Eishas Ish Hoisi Ugrushani. Woman says, I was married, but I am now divorced. And likewise on that daf, Nishbesiu Tahorani, I was taken to captivity, but I'm undefiled. On Chavkimel Omidbeis, Shnei Noshim Shenishbu, we saw the case at the top of the Omid, two women taken into captivity, and their uh, following claims. And right now, our mission of the Vechen Shnei Anoshim testifying about their Kahuna. The Gemara. Kol Hani Lomali. All of these Mishnayas that teach the concept of Peshos or Peshehitir, what do I need them for? Srihi. I need them. De'i Tana Moedir Rabbi Yeshua, had I had the Mishnah on Tes Vav Amit Beis, where Rabbi Yeshua described a man saying, This field was your father's, but I bought it from him. There he's believed, Mishum De'iko Droro de Mamona. There the person is sticking his neck out. Drodamon means he's subjecting himself to a potential financial loss. By the fact that he opens up saying, this field was your father's, he's, he's, he's opening himself up for a possible financial loss. Losing the field. Aval, Adim, witnesses that say, uh, yeah, these are our signatures, but uh, we were uh, incompetent, we were under duress. The lack of Roro de Mamona, they're not subjecting themselves on a personal level to a financial loss. 
They weren't sticking their necks out. Maybe we, we shouldn't believe them. Had I taught just that case uh, where we believe them, Mishum Alma. There it's because it's information that has bearing on others. Avol Ihu But in the case where the person's testimony is a statement is for his own benefit, like we saw by Rabbi Yeshua's case, we continue at the top of Chofdalid. Amolo. I might have thought not to believe him. It's, it's, self, uh, uh, it's self-interest over there. Maybe I shouldn't believe him. V'yashmin and Hanitarti. We continue at the top line of Chofdal uh, and If I would have been taught those two cases, the case of the field being the fathers, and I bought it from him, and the case of the witnesses saying this, uh, these were our signatures, but we were under duress. And we say they're believed. Mishum de Momona. Because they're issues of a financial nature. Avolacious ish, but the source on Chof Beizom and Aleph, where the woman says, I was a married woman, but I was divorced, the Isura, that's the realm of called, uh, uh, religious law, the, namely non financial areas, uh, areas of ritual restriction. Maybe aim alone. Maybe there we sh- we shouldn't be so lax as to uh, accept her um, information of of uh, leniency or permission of her saying that she's a grusha. There, it's just in general. I'm sure many of you are aware that you have in 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 terms of the broad picture of halacha, there are there's the financial realm and then there's the other realm, the the religious realm, the the rich, uh, ritual and spiritual realm, which falls under the broad heading of isuras, mamon versus isur. When it comes to financial matters, so there's there's more flexibility, if you will. There's more realm for compromise and for foregoing based on uh, mutual acceptance. The same cannot be said with regard to religious law or ritual spiritual law uh, a person cannot compromise on those on those matters so had I not been taught the believability in that case I might have thought there is that she wouldn't be believed to say that she's a grusha what about the case of a woman saying I was taken captive but I was undefiled what do I need that case for? Vishum, the cowboy, Lemisni, because I needed to teach, it was necessary to teach, We saw the a conclusion of the Mishnah, which said that if she got married and then witnesses came, so she doesn't have to leave, even though there are now witnesses that testify about her being taken into captivity and it's no longer a Pesha Osar, Pesha Yitter case. Nevertheless, if she was taken into, if she got married, she doesn't have to leave. Well, this explanation of justifying why I need the case of Nishpesu Torani is if you say that that phrase of the end of the mission of Imishinises is applicable to the case of Shvuya, to the Seifa. 
But according to Rabbi Shaya's approach, that took that phrase, the closing phrase of the mission, and applied it to the Reisha, where the woman said, I there's still room for asking the question of what need was there for teaching the case of Nishbesi, uh, Nishbesi Torani. The Gemara answers, Mishum de Kaboy Lemisni, Shte Noshim Shinishbu. The, let's say, the structure of the Mishnayas is such that the Mishnah Chav Bezom and Aleph introduced uh, a, a case of captivity, all as a lead up to the Mishnah Chav Gimel Bez, Chav Gimel Bez, which also dealt with the case of, a case of captivity, of uh, women taken, uh, having been taken into captivity. Uh, into captivity by by Gentile captors. Um, well, okay, so I, I see that I had the Mishnah Chav Beis as a lead-up, as an introduction to the Mishnah on Chav Gimel Amit Beis. That's a legitimate answer. However, what about that? The What do I need that for? The Mishnah on Chav Gimel Amit Beis, the Two women taken into captivity, uh, each one saying that they are tahoros, etc., as the Mishnah re- reported. Mahu In that Mishnah, we saw that if each woman testified about her friend, they are believed. So I might have thought that we shouldn't believe them because what's going on here is simply an attempt to uh, each one that each one is doing a favor for the other one that's Goimlin but that it's not reliable information Komash Malon so by teaching the Mishnah on Chof Gimel Ahmed Beis where uh, each one was testifying about her friend uh, where we accept it and we're not Choshesh it's just some type of of scheme to help each other out. V'chein shnei anoshim lomali. What about the mission at the bottom of Chav Gimel and Beis? What do I need that for? Mishum de Kaboy lemisni pluto derbiuda v'rabonan. I am uh, I'm, I'm teaching the case of the two men, each one saying uh, um, uh, the other is a is a kohen. Uh, we said in the Mishnah they're believed because I wanted to introduce additional opinions on that matter like the opinion of Rabbi and the uh, Rabbonon the other opinions in the Mishnah where, the, okay, the Tanakhama says he is believed Rabbi says we don't rely on a singular witness so in order to uh, in order to introduce uh, the dissenting opinion of Rabbi it was necessary to teach the beginning of that Mishnah.